The Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott. Three movies, two men, one podcast. Hey, oh, let's go. Hey, oh, let's go. Hey, oh, let's go. Hey, oh, let's go. When we last left our heroes, true believers, they were covering a Spider Man from one universe. But it turns out. There's Spider-Men from all sorts of universes. And that's what they're going to cover today in this new episode. Oh, who are they? I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you. It's the Trilogy Podcast, the only podcast in the universe devoted strictly to trilogies. No reboots. No straight to cables. Excelsior. We're bringing you facts, debate, trivia, and more to hell with the movie if they made four. And boy, I'm excited, aren't you, Scott? I sure am. I'm so excited I brought another Stanley. Stan- That's right, true believers. <laughs> okay. It's Stanley from Earth 2. See, in my universe, I was a great comic book editor. In his universe, he was a great porno. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> The Green Penis. The incredible Green Penis, True Believers. We also had Mr. Fantastic. He had a long foreskin. If I remember correctly, you had a character. He would get very angry and his penis would engorge to incredible sizes. I believe his name was Incredibly Hung. (laughs) That's right. The Incredibly Hung. Okay, very good, guys. I think it's important, Scott. (laughs) you tell us exactly what trilogy we are doing this time around? Why, it's the Spider-Man MCU trilogy. Oh, yes, the MCU trilogy. This is part of our Spider-Man block, ladies and gentlemen. Up to now, we've done both a trill bit devoted to Spider-Man and his history in the comics, and then our last episode was the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're doing Spider-Man all the time. Obviously, in honor of the fact that the third movie of the MCU universe just came out. Right. So we now have two Spider-Man trilogies. And that this new trilogy directly references. Yeah, they're and connected. And in- includes and connects and right. continues the story, really, of another trilogy. All right, so we're getting of. all the Spider-Mans done at the same time. And dare yeah. I say... You dare? It improves it. I'd also like to mention, before we go on, that, Scott, this is going to be the end for a while of our Marvel trilogies. Yeah, right. we've done Captain America. We've done mm-hmm. Thor. Iron Man was our um, our test show, and eventually we're going to release that. Yeah, okay, but either I, as some sort of lost episode, or right. we'll just redo it. We're going to be done with the Marvel Universe of trilogies for now until they make an Ant Man three, I believe, guys. Yes, uh, Quantum Mania is the title of that, movie. and a Guardians of the Galaxy three. I think it's important now that we rock into exactly what kind of trilogy this is. And as always, our robotic friend, Trilogy Bot, that is, is his he? job. I built him for that reason. He's your create, like Ultron. He's your creation. He's I, really, I, he's your nemesis. Uh, Phil, do you hate him because he's pieces of you? Thinks he's better than me. Thinks he's- I'm not sure he's not better than you, Phil. I mean, I, yeah. I hate to say that, but. The MCU Spider-Man trilogy is an army of one trilogy. One great hero fighting the enemies of truth and justice over the course of three films. I see Phil is back for another episode. Don't you guys get tired of his bloated ass? He's a real sack of wet guinea cement. Well, he hates Phil. That's without... Okay. There's so no listen, question about that. All right. It's uh, it, I, I, Admittedly, in it's the last always two fun years, to listen to him just 
yeah, uh, in abuse you. In the last you. two years, I've been a little bit more neurodivergent than usual, but I really think that was uncalled for trilogy. Uh, bot, yeah. You know? But... As always, Trilogy Bot is right. This is an army of one trilogy. And that's kind of our rule here at the Trilogy Podcast. When we're talking about a superhero movie, they're kind of intrinsically army of one trilogies. All right. We're talking about one guy's yeah. adventures. The plots are all centered around one guy changing the world, making moves, doing something dynamic. Right. So, right. I mean, there's no argument about this one. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Um, Scott, why don't you break down the plots for us? Because, the plots? Yeah, I'm excited. I love when you oh, do the no. plots. There's, Is this a thing I do all the time? It's like my favorite part of the podcast. I don't, I don't know if I've ever done this oh, before. Oh, Scott, you. I'm just messing around, guys. Okay, this is Scott's Plots, all right? And here's what we do on Scott's Plots. What I like to do is I give you a nice bare bones uh, description of the plots and... Scott's Plots, Scott's Plots, if you don't you know the plots. Just ask Scott, she's got blood. Ask Scott to tell you about the blood. Look out, Scott's gonna tell you about blood. Scott's gonna tell you about blood. Blots are gonna come from Scott! There's something dirty about that. Go ahead and could you feel the the voice? Fucking plots, really. So this is Scott's Plots, and what we do here on Scott's Plots, or rather, sorry, what I do on Scott's Plots is I like to give you a quick bare-bones description of the plot uh, without any character names, uh, just trying to give you the basics of what happens in the movie. This is, of course, to refresh you if you have seen the movies and you uh, don't remember them very well, or if you've never seen the movies, don't care, and just want to hear us talk about these films. We got you covered either way. All right, so jumping into this trilogy... We start with Spider-Man Homecoming. 2017. In 2012 New York, a salvage company cleans up after an alien invasion when a department of the federal government shows up and takes over. The lead scavenger convinces the rest of his crew to use the alien tech they already recovered to make and sell high-powered weapons. And I feel like the time frame is a little wonky in this, because if you're telling me that this happened in what year, 2012? Right. They say... Eight years later. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's been th- called out many times. It actually. has been. Yeah. Then the movie is three years in the future because the, it was made in 2017. This is a big hole that they have not been able to like retcon and they've come, they've pretty much flat out been like, yeah, it's a mistake. Eight years later, a teenage boy with the power of a spider is returning from Berlin where he fought other superheroes at the request of a man in a metal suit who gave him a special suit and is eager for his next assignment. This is in reference to the first time we see Spider-Man in the MCU, Captain America Civil War. In which an adult uh, found a teenager, put him in a suit of armor, and sicked him onto his adult friends. I just think that the whole video diary in the beginning of this is brilliant. It's a great device. Yeah. And it it's great because just... we can see something we didn't see, right? Like right. Yeah. his little his point, His point of view. I, love yeah. that. I just think the whole dynamic with him and Happy sets the tone of the movie immediately and right. everything. You can see it's a lighter version of Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. Well, like, it also kind of sets up him and Happy's relationship that we didn't know, but you know, like we never saw any of that. Right. So like it kind of develops that quickly. So we can be like, yeah, he's the guy who is annoyed by Spider-Man. So yeah. like, that's kind of just his part, the rest of the movie. This is them taking a character who we already know and telling a story about him and you see it immediately early on. So it's easy to get into. Yeah. The earlier form of superhero movie was we've got to lay out these rules before we get to the fun. Right. And they just start right in. 
Weeks go by, and tired of waiting, the boy with spider powers puts on the special suit and starts fighting crime locally, and his nerdy friend finds out about it. Later, while attending a party in the suburbs thrown by his crush, the boy with spider powers observes the scavenger's crew using and selling weapons, and tries to interfere before being stopped by the scavenger in a mechanical wingsuit. And this is a really good part of the movie, in my opinion, because you get Peter, and it's showing his everyday life as a high school student. And they show that he's kind of a bumbling crime fighter, like he's yeah. he's catching bike thieves and shit. Like, he doesn't really know exactly what he's doing. What he's supposed so to be doing, it's a great little yeah. montage right in yeah. there, right off the bat. The scavenger's crew leaves behind a piece of alien tech, and the nerdy friend studies and holds on to it as he and the boy with spider powers pursue the scavenger crew under the guise of a class trip to Washington, D.C. The boy, dressed like a spider, finds the scavenger and his crew attempting to rob a federal truck filled with alien tech. But when he tries to interfere, he is trapped in the truck and subsequently a warehouse, where he discovers the alien tech his nerdy friend is holding is explosive. The boy with spider powers is able to escape the warehouse and save his friends who were trapped after the alien tech exploded in an elevator at a national landmark. Doesn't it seem like Peter's the one doing all the damage in this movie? That he's kind of just fucking with all of these tools and yeah. sawing monuments in half and destroying his yeah. friend's bodega? Ah. Like he's just bumbling and he's the one causing he's all this. He's constantly fucking up. I mean, that's, I wrote uh, many times. I feel like Michael Keaton's operation would kind of be okay if. Peter wasn't causing damage. Yeah, I, he's I just like, interfering. Like also, he's not really stopping them from doing anything. He's just, just getting in I, the way. I'm surprised that there aren't more companies that are uh, stealing all of this Tatari tech because, like, it's the only one we know of. True. Well, Being from New Jersey, I know a lot of landscapers who would love to get in on this. Yo, I'm mulching all the Burger Kings with this tech. Right around this time too, we have the introduction to Peter's suit that has a voice, and it kind of gives him another person to bounce funny lines off of and yeah, everything. Yeah, he gets yeah. the, the Iron Man created suit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Karen? And, he calls her, I think. And it just develops that relationship, and it's just a good foil for him as yeah, yeah. He's a, like a bumbling kid, you yeah. know. And like I love that too because it, it it reminds us too that like Tony's a big part of his story where, where he had that device as well he had Jarvis all the time and, and that worked yeah and that worked for him too and later so. uh, Friday I yeah believe. later back in New York the boy with spider powers tracks the scavenger to an arms deal on a ferry boat but when he tries to interfere the ferry boat is ripped in half causing the man in the metal suit to show up save the day and take away the special suit. He's got that big scene there where he meets up with yeah. Spider-Man there, and he's basically saying, look. Great scene in this movie. Yeah. If the suit is what matters to you, you know, then you're not, yeah. you don't deserve to have it. Yeah, yeah. and it really establishes the mentorship between, yeah. you know, Iron Man he, and he spider He literally, right out, the next line is like, God, I sound like my father. Yeah. I, I like that they forego Uncle Ben to make it Tony and, and Peter. It's also buffered by, no question, the Avengers, too, because the Avengers kind of lead him in and bring him into the universe in a comfortable way, and you get right. to know him, and you're comfortable with that character, and then when we get into his movies, you're like, this is great. That's funny, and in a way, it is kind of like, like the as the audience, we're being introduced to these characters by the other characters. Like, yeah. This kid's cool, okay? Like, <laughs> you'll, really, you'll really like this you'll guy. Like, he's a good egg, all right? Like, yeah. yeah. Later, on the night of a high school dance, the boy with spider powers discovers his crush's father is the scavenger. Boy, that's quite a twist, let me tell you right in there. I, right? The scavenger quickly deduces the boy with the spider powers' identity and threatens him to back off or die. Yeah, this suddenly becomes blood simple. 
at that point. <laughs> like it, it becomes ratcheted up to like fucking 10 on the tense level. And like, I mean, yeah. I, in terms of acting, Michael Keaton's yeah. facial work when he's in the mirror and he's doing all the double takes back to like, do I know this guy? Do yeah. I, and when he realizes it, he's brilliant. Dude, that entire fucking movement from the opening of that door to him leaving that car is like tension city. Just the like, scoring it's just, of it. Yeah, you know I mean, what? There's, As I said in the last trilogy, in the Spider-Man universe, everybody knows everybody else. The boyfriend meeting the, meeting the father moment. Michael Keaton is just fucking malicious. Even he's trying to be nice to him and you're feeling that fucking like venom from him. Tension. Yeah. I just love Michael Keaton. Me too. He's one of my favorite actors, I would say. Same. The boy with the spider powers reluctantly leaves the dance, dons a homemade costume, and follows the scavenger to a warehouse, where the scavenger uses his wingsuit to collapse the building on top of the boy with spider powers. The boy with spider powers is able to escape and stop the scavenger from hijacking a plane filled with the man in the metal suit's technology by crashing it onto a beach where the two fight. Why doesn't it seem like anyone knows what's going on with that plane through the entire time? Wouldn't the Stark Corporation know what's occurring on that plane? Yeah. The nightmare that's happening on that plane? There's a constant thread in all of the MCU movies where there's like an assumed stupidity on the part of like Stark tech people. It's in as far back as Iron Man 3. Like, where the fuck is everybody during Iron Man 3? So you can safely assume, where the fuck is anybody during the plane ride with all the technology maybe as some kind of a alarm something now here's a shot you know, where people are like oh shit we've been hijacked. About a guy with wings stealing shit why are you not guarding that plane that's true you have been you have been warned and yeah. he supposedly called and knew about it and you're right there's like a penny any quality to the vulture insofar as he's a blue collar so he doesn't have any foresight when it comes to like being a hardcore villain he's like i just need enough shit to get by whatever you know yeah. i'll just hijack enough that i will be good so it's not like he's like i'm going to conquer the world he's like yeah i just want to make a good living every single day yeah. you, know, hey, you know what's funny is if we talk about how much spider-man is fucked up in this movie how many times does vulture fuck up in this movie right yeah. like it seems like that's where they connect where they're on the same level as we're both fuck-ups i'm not good at being a hero <laughs> you're not good at being a bad guy <laughs> and we're both just fucking clumsily banging into each other you're, this entire you're time you're exactly right because the vulture suit is ridiculous it's yeah. like unnecessarily clunky and and just unwieldy i think it's powered by alien energy like it's a never-ending battery I yeah guess. at some well, point Michael Keaton had to be like this technology would best be used if i made it into a vulture costume i'm yeah. going to do that the scavenger tries to flee with the tech but his wingsuit is malfunctioning unwilling to listen to the boy with the spider powers warnings the scavenger suit explodes and the boy with spider powers saves him from the wreckage. Afterward, the man in the metal suit offers to make the boy with spider powers a member of his superhero team, but the boy with spider powers turns it down. The boy with spider powers gets home to find the man in the metal suit returning the special suit, and he puts it on just in time for his foxy aunt to learn his secret. Post credits. One of the scavenger's buyers talks to the scavenger in jail and asks about the boy with spider powers true identity. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it seems kind of strange at the end of the movie, like Tony Stark brings him in and he's like, I'm really proud of what you become. He hasn't changed at all. He's the same Spider-Man he always was. Yeah. Between the time you talk to him after the ferry fucking you incident, he's, he's done exactly what you told him not to do. He's following people. He's, he's, a, he's the same. He goes from doing the right thing for the wrong reason to doing the right thing for the right reason. Okay. You know what I mean? So, like, you're early on. 
he's like, when's the next mission? I got to meet Captain America. So um, by the end, you've got the great moment of sacrifice when he leaves the dance, right? He decides like, I'm not going to have a normal teenage life. I have to go do this with Mr. Stark or without. I'm going in my fucking pajamas. You yeah. know, like that's the maturity. That's the little, little, it's, and it's, and it is, it's a very small amount of maturity. Cause again, I think he's supposed to slowly mature over these yeah. three movies. Yeah. I just want to also mention that at the end, it's fantastic with the whole Tony Stark thing at the end, because he's like, oh, please tell me this was a test. And he's like, oh, yeah, it was a test. Right. Yeah. But but we all, we in the audience, having seen the Iron Man trilogy, know it wasn't a test. And so when he opens that yeah. door and you see all these reporters, you're like, you just smile to yourself. It's just awesome. You're like, of course. Yeah. Of well, course. literally leading you to the Iron Man moment, right? Yeah. Saying, hi, I'm Spider-Man, and here I am, and I'm I'm known by the world. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm the Avengers. But yeah. it's not his path. It's not his path. Listen, this is a sensational superhero it's movie. Sensational Spider-Man. I mean, I think, I think the even. tone is perfect. The idea of making Peter young and naive sells in a, com a completely different plot dynamic than in the Raimi Spider-Man, yeah. where everything was gloom and doom, and it gives it a lightness to the movie that really makes it cook it's goofier but it's definitely that's spider-man like he's constantly making mistakes and trying to make up for his mistakes I, like you can maybe identify with toby mcguire and spider-man but it's a little too cartoonish uh, for for my taste i feel like I agree, agreed the tom holland is some something that his, his mannerisms and behavior is something that everybody can click into listen i can scott can tell you i called him excited after i saw this movie and i was like this is like the best superhero movie i've ever seen yeah it's <laughs> up there with like ragnarok True. Or Superman 2, in my opinion, or... It's, it's Maybe a, one of the X-Men. It's yeah. yeah, it's a fantastic superhero movie. Yeah. Scott, you ready for the next set of plots? I sure am. The second movie is, of course, titled Spider-Man Far From Home. 2019. Following the death of the man in the metal suit, the boy with spider powers goes on a school trip to Europe where he plans to reveal his feelings for a quiet girl in his class. Before that, Scott, they have the whole in-memoriam scene in the beginning of the, sure. the movie there. Because sure. remember, as the first one follows the events of Civil War, this one immediately follows the events of Avengers Endgame. Endgame, yeah. So we're dealing with yeah. the blip and all this stuff. So the This was the last movie in the third phase? Yes. Phase three, I believe, yes. is last Phase three, movie, right? exactly yeah, yeah. right. This is kind of a coda. Exactly right. You're right, yeah. though, Phil. It is kind of a it's coda. It's a godfather of, uh, coda. Yeah, well, no, don't call it that. It's definitely like, you know, kind of like restating everything we've seen already. Right. Yeah. But also, it's setting us up for more. Yeah, right? and you know like, what? It's really its own story. It just happens to have that in the background. And again, a great thing that Marvel does in all these movies is it peppers in the other Avengers in the background. It's not too much. The world feels... Fully built. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? While in Italy, the class is attacked by a giant water monster, and they are saved by a mysterious man with a fishbowl on his head. The boy with the spider powers meets with a government agent with one eye, meets the mysterious man, and receives a pair of glasses left to him by the man in the metal suit that can control drones. And this is where it gets crazy. You really have Mysterio talking about like the, the elementals and the... Multiverse. multiverse yeah. And I was like, oh, is this the introduction into the whole multiverse thing that I had heard we were going to hear about in the upcoming you, films? No. Nope. And, and you know what? That's exactly what they want you to think. Yep. You they know, gave like, us what we go, I mean, as a huge Marvel, any Marvel fan going into this movie, you're like, oh. here we go. The yep. next chapter is the multiverse. So we know there's got to be a start to it. Here we go. And this was, it's a false start. Yeah, it's and this was not it. This is one of three red herrings in the next two years about the multiverse until we get there. They're playing on your expectations. 
that you're expecting the multiverse and they're like, oh, is this the way you're going to introduce it? Is right. this like we're going to introduce it Mysterio and he's from. So when you get that turn, it's delightful. Yeah, really. Because we already know that the fishbowl guy is Mysterio because he's got a fucking fishbowl. Looks like a head. combination yeah. of <laughs> right. Dynamo from the Running Man and the Mars Attacks aliens all at once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it should the be. Mars Attacks. Yeah. <laughs> Mysterio is like, never feel bad about being the smartest one in the room. And yeah, and Samuel Jackson and Colby Smulders kind of look at each other like, motherfucker, fuck off. <laughs> the mysterious man says he's from a different universe where his world was destroyed by creatures with powers of the elements, and he needs the boy with spider powers to help destroy the last one in Prague. The boy with spider powers declines to help, but the government agent with one eye hijacks his school trip, and they head to Prague and defeat the creature. The boy with the spider powers decides the mysterious man should have the glasses that control the drones, and he transfers control to him. Once the boy with spider powers leaves, it is revealed to the mysterious man and a group of other disgruntled employees who worked for the man in the metal suit used holographic illusions to trick the boy with spider powers into giving up the glasses. Halfway through the movie, it becomes a completely different movie. Yes. All right, and that's how they that's how you they want you to play much it. like from dusk till dawn. Indeed. <laughs> um, I wanted to jump back to <laughs> That's a pretty good example. <laughs> that monkey man costume way cooler than the Sam Raimi black symbiote costume. Yeah, now let me ask you, that is a that's a nod to noir Spider-Man? Yeah, it is. I think yeah. so cuz it's got the the glass like the goggle eyes right. and like that's my favorite alternate Spider-Man costume, I think. I just really love the texture of that costume. I love that you get so many Spider-Man yeah, costumes in all these fucking, movies. Like I feel like he goes uh, through like three in all three movies. I feel like I'm on crazy pills because I just <laughs> when people are complain about the, the the you know that this shit's made to sell toys. Like you're also being gifted with really fun alternate designs, right? For things you've seen for 50, 60 hey, years. Hey asshole, you like cosplay? You just got three new cosplays you can do. You know what I mean? If you like Spider-Man, if that's your jam, if you're like a big super fan like that, you just got gifted that. You're right. Okay, so we've heard the gigantic exposition monologue by Mysterio breaking down how the whole first half of the movie has been a farce. Yes. And now we're into the real movie. He's Everything got some, you know is wrong. Got some ulterior motives. He's and just jealous of Tony Stark, basically. All of the Spider-Man villains are just uh, Tony Stark's like irresponsibility. Right. He's paying for the sins of his mentor uh, and father figure who he's in mourning for. So it's a, it's just more layers on top of that. Talk about a disgruntled employee. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't get enough credit, so I'm going to wreck the world. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he ridiculed his brilliant design. Uh, you know? Oh, well. Ooh See, la la. Meanwhile, the boy with spider powers meets up with the quiet girl he likes. And she tells him she knows he's the boy with spider powers. And they find a piece of a projector from the mysterious man's illusion and discover his plot. I mean, of all the places where that piece of the projector could land, it's going to land in MJ's hand. But to be fair, I mean, they say that she's been following him around, watching him wherever he goes, right? So, like, she comes behind him after a battle. We got to get her in there. We got to get fair MJ enough. in there. Fair you enough. Know? Yeah, fair enough. So, earlier, I, w- I found a German word that was like a, a, a terror campaign or a sociological terror campaign based on one person. Uh, and it's a Zersistung. And that's basically what they kind of do to Spider-Man. They kind of gaslight him and uh, and just terrorize him. Uh, yeah. 
fooling him into thinking he's in a different world. Okay. Mm. And he's a Zerstengun. I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's a better word for it. You know what? Oh, he's a Zerstengun. He's a Zerstengun. All right. The boy with spider powers rushes to warn the agent with one eye, but is intercepted by the mysterious man who uses an illusion to discover who knows about his plot. The boy with spider powers calls the man in the metal suit's head of security to pick him up and they fly to London to save everyone from the mysterious man's creature illusion. I gotta tell you, that whole crazy fight scene that involved Peter or Spider-Man and just Mysterio's insane world that he set up yeah. with all those illusions like i don't i don't understand like don't you have to program those ahead of time yes it and doesn't no, it right? feels like because a second before he's like i want this to look this way and he's got a whole lab of people making his and it's videos like a rehearsal like he's literally right. directing it yeah. then in the next scene he's just changing reality a, a thousand different ways how does he know what peter's gonna do how does he know once he, they're in the illusion like it doesn't matter where they are they right? had it's assets. just it's it's playing an illusion yeah i think they knew they would have to double bluff him but you're right though like they have a pre kind of set package and it seems like he's doing it on the fly but it's really and it is kind of like they leave it open like how much of that was planned and how much of that is like he can because he can probably just go boop, 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 and like change a little thing okay you know what i mean peter wakes up and he thinks it's over it's not over he's yeah you know what i'm saying yeah he's yeah, fucking yeah. with them a hundred different ways hits by a train right. whatever like that's the thing is he wanted to like confuse him to the point of like you don't know what's real like every other villain mysterio after that thing is like now we don't have to worry about spider-man you do yeah i i get the feeling uh, you're gonna have to worry about it seriously but that's always like the tone of a supervillain when he whoops the shit out of a superhero well that's that like it's, it, that's it's, not it's that. never that the boy with spider powers is able to see through the illusion and fights the mysterious man who catches a stray bullet the boy with spider powers regains control of the glasses and turns off the illusions but before the mysterious man dies, he downloads information from the drones. The boy with spider powers returns to New York and starts dating the quiet girl. Post credits. The boy with spider powers' secret identity is revealed posthumously by the mysterious man. Also, the agent with one eye has actually been in space this whole time, and the guy we saw was a shape-shifting alien. All right, so that's... Plots but, for number two. But yes. you missed out the big reveal. What's the big reveal? J. Jonah Jameson well, is the one course. who outed well, Peter Parker as Spider-Man with the help of the Yes, Spirit and Man. Phil, that's important to the world of Spider-Man, but is it important to the plot of the movie? <sighs> Damn Debatable. <you>. Actually, <laughs> it's not. I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> I guess this is why it's Scott's plots. You're We're just... Goddamn right. And you're just living it. <laughs> <laughs> This final fight really crystallizes Mysterio's powers in that he's a master of illusion and controls drones. It's just a strange set of skills to have as the main villain. Yeah. Illusions and a thousand drones. It's a, it's a decent way to translate it from the comics. Yeah. A good film. I'm not sure that I love that big plot twist in the middle of the movie where Mysterio's identity, I don't, I feel like I might have benefited by a build-up to Mysterio instead of having to tack it on quickly at the end after the big transition. Well, I will say if you're if you're a Spider-Man fan, you know Mysterio. Yeah. You know, and you know he's a villain, and you know you've seen all these trailers playing him like he's gonna be helping Spider-Man. You're like, no, he's not. As a Spidey fan, like for me, I'm waiting the whole movie for right. like, where's where's the turn? What's it gonna be? So like, but the fun for me is discovering what the turn is. I know exactly. there's a turn. That's really interesting, Scott, because you're getting a different perspective on the film by being a fan already. So you assume something's right. gonna happen. I had knew nothing about Mysterio, yeah. so I didn't know. I thought he was. I didn't know if it was an ally. If it, yeah. I didn't know. I had, I had an inkling that he was going to be the villain, but I didn't know exactly. 
Right. You know, I didn't know right. how to get there. Right. And especially with like basically the movie being about fake news. You're right, Phil. It is important that we get this is the perfect time to bring in the Daily Bugle and bring in J. Jonah Jameson. And this specific J. Jonah Jameson is framed right. the fuck yeah. out. This Alex like Jones, Jones style. Like he, J. Jonah Jameson, yeah. They bring him in so strong at the end, but now, because this is the world we're going to be in. Because, well, we'll get there, because I suppose we have another plot. Do it, Scott. Yes, we have one more. Let's wrap it up with Spider-Man No Way Home. 2021. In the aftermath of his identity being revealed, the boy with spider powers asks his magician friend to cast a spell, making everyone forget that he's the boy with spider powers. I appreciate that this movie picks up exactly from where two leaves off. That's a very specific kind of trilogy that really picks up the narrative from the previous movie. But it's, yeah. it's cool to see a movie do that nowadays. It's not very common anymore. It's shockingly weird they had the luxury to do that. From homecoming to far from home look at all his experience he's been right. in space he's been you know like tony's dead all this has oh, happened yeah. and then second to third is immediate yeah the magician agrees to cast the spell but when the boy with spider powers interferes with the spell the magician contains the spell and tells the boy with spider powers to leave soon villains from different universes who know the identity of the boy with spider powers start appearing Thanks to the corrupted spell. All right, we got the multiverse in effect here. Here yes. we are. This is what here everybody's we been waiting for, what the trailers have been alluding to. Yes. The characters from the Sony Spider-Man trilogy, the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, and the uh, Andrew Garfield spider man they all come through this multiverse, and this is what everyone's been talking about. We get these uh, villains who come back and stuff, so... And it's justified in a perfectly reasonable and way, all things considered. Yeah. I, the fact that Disney owns... Marvel and has these movies like there's something about Spider-Man in this particular scene in moment that is like uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice like in Fantasia mm -hmm. like he accidentally uses the magic to create all this fucking chaos on his I mean, behalf Phil, it's a non-stop non theme in all these films that all of the drama comes from Spider-Man fucking something up in some way yeah yeah, all of them and yeah. he is every the, problem he, he is the Mickey Mouse of the MCU he's the headstrong teenager who at the beginning of the movie is always going in the wrong direction yeah. The magician tasks the boy with spider powers and his friends to capture the villains. But when the boy with spider powers realizes these villains are returning to their universes to die, he steals the contained spell, traps the magician, and vows to help the villains and cure them of their evil ailments. That's so Spider-Man, right? The idea that he's not going to let them die. The suggestion right. that anyone's going to die makes him jump to action, right? He's right. just trying to do the right thing, goddammit. Yeah. Even though the other Spider-Mans let these guys die as part of their plot lines. They accepted that they would have to they die. They couldn't or save them. They couldn't. Right, right. That's the better way to say okay. it. Okay. Right? They didn't let them die. They couldn't save them. Good point. Spider-Man never kills someone. He lets people be killed upon their own devices. You know, in the same Green way. Green Goblin. And a lot of the heroes. Himself. We talked about it too. Yeah. Batman. I mean, there's so many that that's just the consequence. Right. Yeah, no yeah. good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. You're your, your own worst enemy sort of thing. All right. Anybody else want to throw one in? I was like, <laughs> cliche, cliche machine, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> What's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know what I mean. in the bush is two in the hand. <laughs> the boy with spider powers is able to cure the villain with metal arms, but the psychotic villain with a flying machine convinces the other villains to embrace their gifts 
and he kills the boy with spider powers, Foxy Ant. That's just a gigantic moment. Okay. It creates the Spider-Man that we will begin to know, and we only were just getting to know him now. They make love to cinema in order to birth us a new Spider-Man. Like, they created... So many spider babies. It's like that urban legend where the lady gets all the spider eggs laid in her face, and then it bursts up, and all these spider babies came out. Oh, this is what this Uh, third movie... It happened in like Nicaragua or something. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the nerdy friend realizes he has a small amount of magical abilities himself and uses them to find two other boys with spider powers from other universes who share their stories of loss with our boy with spider powers inspiring him to keep fighting. The scene on the rooftop is really the a brilliant scene and like a, oh, almost yeah. a signature We're scene there, yeah. but as oof. they all, you know, kind of come together and they realize again, this is the plight of being Spider-Man right. sort of thing. But, you know? but the difference is, as I said before, that the other Spider-Mans had this burden placed upon them and it drove, it drove them through the course of the films. It was like part of their theme, like great power, yeah. great responsibility, a guilt hanging over them. Right. This trilogy doesn't start with that. It makes it light and airy like a teenager and it builds to that. So right. by the third movie, he comprehends that that's what it's all about. Right. And the other Spider-Men are there to, to say, yeah, we've been living with this. And you know, you got to love just all every single scene where you're getting like the nerds wet dream where they're talking about the Spidey shooters and like, why are yours yeah. organic? We have to make oh ours. That, all of it. You I know, love it. like every second with all of them together. The was Spider-Man great. meme was really of them good. all pointing at each other. Me, him, Everything. you. I like it when this Spider-Man is like, you guys don't have the Avengers in, in yeah, your right. world. <laughs> that's great. Who are they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's just great yeah. stuff right Really, there. really, really smart, funny Again, interplay. It shows you an extra coda of Tobey Maguire's character, and he's a little bit grown, and he's a little yeah. bit more adult, but he's still Spider-Man. Right. And he's even more Spider-Man, I feel like, now, because he's learned the lessons. Right. And he has distance. And it was a good usage of the character without ruining anything from the other movies. Yeah. You know, like, but for, for both of them, too. I watched the Andrew Garfield ones, too, and, like, I like Andrew Garfield in that role, and I think he almost steals the show here. But I love that they play the angst of his unfinished Spider-Man narrative in yes. this movie to help. So, the, so it's a meaningful like, journey for all of them. Yeah. You know, I, which I, is, it's just fucking brilliant, it's so man. Goddamn it's so good. so good. Toby, I can't, is, I can't Toby is looking kind of fucked up, though, nowadays. Yeah. He's looking a little that bit better. That youth line is good. <laughs> oh, sick burn. Yeah. He and Matthew Perry probably meet up with the same sponsor, right? <laughs> yeah. The three boys with spider powers engineer cures for all of the villains and lure them to the Statue of Liberty. While unsuccessfully trying to cure the other villains, the psychotic villain on the flying machine blows up the contained spell causing more rifts for more villains to enter. You got just Garfield getting the girl. You know, his Mary Jane died in his movie. Gwen Stacy. Right, and he catches her. The the story of Gwen Stacy's death is huge in Spider-Man in the comics. Like, it's a huge thing, and they did it in the second movie, and that, weirdly, is the one that killed the Andrew Garfield series, because I'm like, as soon as you introduce the character Gwen Stacy, I'm waiting for her to die. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that, you're right, that moment I was... The way he acts it, the way you see the tears on his face of like, if only I could have. They keep reinforcing who Spider-Man the character is throughout this entire movie. And you see it. Is the guy who constantly making mistakes, constantly trying to make up for it. Yeah. The magician holds off the cracks while the three boys with spider powers are able to cure the villains. Our boy with spider powers decides the only way to send everyone home and fix the spell 
is to make everyone forget him. The magician reluctantly agrees, casts the spell, and the villains and other boys with spider powers return home. Spider-Man 3 ends at, at like that orange sunrise with like yeah. when everything becomes a washed in truth. And it's the yeah. same thing in this movie. Like I yep. just love that motif. And it's, like it's a new day. Yeah. yeah. Later, the boy with spider powers goes to remind his nerdy friend and his girlfriend who he is, but decides not to, to keep them safe. Post credits. A drunk reporter in Mexico with a black goo monster living in him gets sent to a different universe. And that is the Spider-Man MCU trilogy. Very good. In all its glory. Very good. Very good. This could have failed so many ways. This whole idea of bringing the Sony Spider-Mans into the Marvel Universe. It It could have failed so many ways. I was totally against it from the beginning. And I was really wrong. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And really, everyone's performance was elevated, like we said. Like, these, the other two Spider-Mans were better than they were in their own movies. Yeah. They had matured. Yeah. They were more, like, world-weary. So it made sense for them to come in and go, look, we know. Scott, your plots were sensational. You ready to rock into some, uh... Wait, I've got it. Wait, I don't got it. Billy? Information! So Spider-Man Homecoming. It has yes. that double meaning in it. Coming that, back to the MCU, back to Marvel. And Homecoming in high school, so it's got that great double meaning. Yes. All right? Guys, in 2015, Sony and Marvel reached a deal. Mm. Okay, and what was going to happen was they were going to integrate this character, Spider-Man, into the established MCU. Now, why did they reach that deal, boys? Why did they reach that deal? Is that a rhetorical question? Because Amazing Spider-Man 3 imploded? They revealed that the character would be unveiled not in the trilogy, but in a different MCU movie to start off with, which later on became Civil War. Civil War. All right. Um, And that Sony would continue to finance, distribute, and have final creative control while Marvel picked up the merchandising for an $175 million flat fee plus $35 million for each film. That was the deal. Yeah. Okay. And it was added to phase three of the MCU. Right. Which arguably might be the best phase. Yeah, phase three is good. I mean, you're talking Civil War, Ragnarok, a couple Avengers, Black Panther. I think that's my favorite phase. Well, because we're in, I mean, now we're in phase four. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. And phase four is been pretty good. So yeah. Phase 3 basically encompassed the first two Spider-Man movies yeah. in this trilogy. Because Phase 3 really was the culmination of everything, you know what I mean? Right. Whereas 4 feels like it's rebuilding, so yeah. They knew that they didn't want to bring Andrew Garfield back, they wanted to go younger. They didn't want to make it an origin story, like we had seen in the other right. two incarnations of the Sony Spider-Man. I think that's brilliant. Two kind of different origin and stories. And the, the idea being that people yeah. knew Spider-Man's origin story. Whereas with Warner Brothers, we've seen Bruce Wayne's parents die in an alley. Every single Batman movie. Every, every, every year, it one. seems. Not even just in the movies, but in the cartoons. It's because so fucking perverse how many times you have to show these people dying. Like, we get it. I know right. they're dead. It's We're kind of cool. part of the shared lore that we all kind of know My about. My parents are dead. Even if you're not a big superhero <laughs> guy like me, you just have it. You know what happened right. to these you guys. You know the basic ones. Right. You know? Tom Holland was cast after a long search. And, you know, the Russo brothers had a lot to say with him being cast because he was going to be in Civil War first. Right. And so they, they moved on from there. So they had a huge input yeah. in who was and going they were, to be. They were gearing up to, I think already, they were, knew they were doing Infinity War and stuff. So like, right. they were yeah. they were big movers and shakers in the MCU at the time. Yeah. So the producers, Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal, made a list of the things they didn't want to show that we had seen already in the, in the Sony Spider-Man. They wanted to use a high school situation instead of deal with like the the weight and the drama of like being Spider-Man. They wanted to keep it light in that way. Right. Um, they wanted to use all different villains that we hadn't seen before in any of the Spider-Man movies. And they even wanted to get away from the idea of Spider-Man flying through skyscrapers. So you got the yeah. Washington Monument, for example. Well, um, yeah, you get a lot of non-New York stuff. Right. You guys were nice. You speak really good English. 
Welcome to the Netherlands. It's worth mentioning the director of all three movies is the same person. His name is John Watts. Okay, and before he did this, boy, he didn't really do anything. He directed a movie called Clown, which is a horror movie produced by Eli Roth. I don't care for Eli Roth. Vile shit, you know, whatever. And a movie called Cop Car. He made that movie in like 2015, 2014. And that was the time when studios were buying up young, hot talent to like hoist up and run their their franchises. It was always going to feature Iron Man. That was part of it. He screen tested with Tom Holland. And there's a time that they were saying Michael Keaton wouldn't be able to play the role. And Mark Hamill was going to step in and be there. That would have been pretty mm, cool. Yeah, man, interesting. I'll never join you. They pull from a comic, Amazing Spider-Man 33, when Spider-Man later on is trapped in the rubble, and the filmmakers felt like they needed that moment where he like doubts himself, and he th- yeah. we yes. think that he's, it's over for him, yeah. and he finds inner strength. It's such a great moment. So, yeah, it is a great moment. Because he, he's like crying like a little boy. Like, you know, like it's, he reminds you, like, he's just a kid, right? And like... Yeah, he got in over his head. Like when, in, you know, in the Raimi trilogy, you pull the mask off him, and they go like... He's just a kid. I'm like, no, he's not. They had that ending with Marissa Tomei, which was obviously a callback to the ending of, of Iron Man. Right. You know, that quick right. ending where a revelation happens. And, and again, on a smaller level. Right? Yeah, like because a, Peter Parker's world is right. at May. Big time sponsorship through Comic-Con. The ESPN made some short films during the NBA finals. I mean, there was a Spider-Man app on your phone where you could find out, I don't know, the cast where seems Spider-Man tight. Where he was. I, you know, they had, there was a lot of crossovers. The cast is very tight. The, <laughs> yeah. John, uh, John Watt, he took them all to Tom Holland's house and they all watched John Hughes movies because he was like, this I is the energy that. I want. Not even close. But the movie was obviously an enormous success. Made for $175. It did $800 million. <laughs> <laughs> wow. In 1902. Made for $175 million. The movie did $880,334 in the United States. It was the highest grossing superhero film of 2017 and the sixth largest film that was based on a Marvel. It had great reviews. People loved Holland, Keaton, the youthful factor that we've talked about so many times. Right. I mean, that basically takes us over to Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. Another home. They're doing a home yeah, title. Yeah, they, they, they carried that over. Right. Well, because now he's in Europe, he's far from home. Across right. the mighty Atlantic, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and the mighty Atlantic. The filmmakers have admitted they wanted to do it like in a Harry Potter style so that every year is a different school year for him. Yeah. So we see him from sophomore year to junior year to senior year. But it was sort of how do we, how do, we do a... A, a journey for Peter, you know, not dissimilar for what uh, the students of Hogwarts would go through each of their years, um, which was one of the early ideas we had for the movies. There was a bit of a conflict between Sony and Marvel because Sony wanted to do publicity and Marvel was still trying to protect the end of the Infinity Wars and the idea right. that Spider-Man turned into dust. Sony and Disney right. were at each other's fucking throats so. on a production level. At that time, I was working as a PA in Hollywood and all the grips were complaining about how the Disney crew and the Sony crew were almost coming to blows every day wow. because the because Sony wouldn't allow them the money to shoot what they had already planned. Um, and Sony had the last word. But the thing is, they the dollar Fuck signs. You, it's the dollar signs. They had a, They have to relax. Scott, every don't time. calm down on Sony. I don't want you to they get crazy. Oh, we know they you hate suck. Sony. Thanks for meeting me, Doc. I've been reading about you. I'm listening. I'm not sure how I got here. It has to do with Spider Man, I think. I'm still figuring this place out, but I think a bunch of guys like us should team up. Could do some good. Intriguing. No, God! 
No, God, please, no! Part of the deal with the second movie was going to be that they were going to add a new Avenger to this one, and we'd yeah. get Fury, mm. Colby Smothers, whatever her name Smolders. is. Smolders. Smolders. She smothers her children. Um, it was shot mostly in London, as well as Prague, Venice, and they were each shot with different color schemes. There's some explanation behind that, but... I got to tell you, it's not very interesting. I, hear I'll it. hear it because. Well, you're not going to because I didn't write it down. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I decided your ears don't want it. J.K. Simmons is a late addition. A little surprise. They wanted to tag on at yeah, the end there. That was great. He actually called Raimi up and asked for his blessing to take the character over. Yeah, what do I care? Movie made for $160 million, did $1.1 billion worldwide, mm. $309 in the United States. It's like the 24th biggest movie of all time, 4th of 2019. Past Skyfall to be Sony's biggest movie. Yeah, and then they dared after that to be like, well, we're not going to make any more Spider-Man movies with the Marvel. Like, are you fucking dumb? Well, boys, how do you want to make Tom Holland cry now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that he has had to get involved and be like, God damn it, please. He had to really get like a, like, it was like a social media campaign and him getting involved it and personally being like, right. I want to continue and it's better together. Let's fucking do this. Like, so, like, obviously, all the fans are feeling this way and now I, Spider-Man, have to come in and explain this to you. Like. Right, and that's a perfect place for me to bring it into Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man No Way Home. So yeah, guys, there was a big time problem with this one. The producers of Marvel wanted to produce Spider-Man and receive 5% of the revenue, and Sony wanted more films just based on the original deal. That right. was one of the big, that was the big conflict. So Sony was like, we're just going to move forward with our um, SSU, is what they were calling it. Right. The Sony Spider-Man universe. So dumb. So dumb. And we don't need Go you. die. And then like you guys just said, Holland cried in front of his constituents. And a deal was made where Disney would co-finance 25% and receive 25%. And they profits. fucking deserve it. Yeah, they weren't getting much in that first deal. Right. Yeah. Right. They weren't get, it was all tipped in Sony's favor. What does Sony do? All they do is hold Spider-Man over Marvel's head. No! 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 Originally, the uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness was going to come out before Spider-Man, but when they changed the dates on it, they had to rewrite some things so that it was clear mm. that Doctor Strange wasn't familiar with the multiverse yet. They had to reshoot some things. It was a little yeah. Weird. Yeah. That, well, this makes much more sense. That now he's that his next movie will be like sort of looking into this. There was an incident with Spider-Man. <laughs> what man? Does he look like a spider? No, no more like a man. Climbs walls, shoots webs. Yeah, bingo. Out of his butt? There was this really lame shit by like Tom Holland and the other Spider-Mans to make this like a big secret and they're lying on different talk shows. Yeah, Andrew Garfield lied for yeah, two years. Yeah, really. Yeah. What's funny is Tom Holland is notoriously the worst at this, at keeping secrets. He has been yelled at by Disney so many they're fucking covering, times. They're covering them up with like cloaks as they go onto the set yeah. and shit. Like, like it's the mass Singer. Yeah, it's really it's, it's, it's amazing. amazing. But then, meanwhile, they're like, like they're bringing Rudy they're like, Giuliani for <laughs> golden rings. Like they're like we're not in it. And then the trailer comes out the next day, and they're like, "All right, we're in it." I'm so I've, tired of lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that yet. You've got one more. <laughs> what have you been lying about specifically? <laughs> The movie against a $200 million budget has made $1.74 billion. Good. $736 million Every penny in deserved. the United States. It's As of February 1st, it was the sixth largest movie of all time and the fourth in the United States. And, you know, the, the, the first big movie since um, Rise of Skywalker 
to really put a dent in any of those kind of numbers, those kind of crazy numbers. The yeah. only thing Rise of Skywalker put a dent in is uh, <laughs> my love of Star Wars. <laughs> and my faith in humanity. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of money made, and with respect to the Marvel Universe, only Endgame tops them right. out. Listen, guys, it's gotten great reviews. People are loving what they did so far. It's going to get some great reviews today. And right. yeah, Defoe, Molina, Jamie Foxx, Holland, Zendaya. Are we going to talk about the cast? Zendaya. Is this where we're going? That's exactly where we're going right now, Phil. These are the people that have been in all of the movies. Now, it starts off with Tom Holland. Yes. Okay, he really has done nothing else. Movie-wise. Movie-wise. He was uh, in Billy Elliot on the West End. On the West End. In London. He's an English kid. I don't know. In addition to these movies, he's done a voice in Dr. Doolittle. Perhaps that's the Robert Downey Jr. connection there. Something smelled wrong. And that's coming from a guy who loves the smell of butts. Ooh, you do love butt. So next you got Zendaya, all right, playing Zendaya, <laughs> playing MJ, all right. MJ-a? This is her first film. She's done like a million Disney films, and she was on a Disney dance show called yeah. Shake It Up, but she hasn't done anything else. She's, she yeah, has, she's like a Disney Channel kid. Right? She's a hard, she's like, I mean, uh, hardcore, like seven films. Yeah. And Modern like, day Kurt Russell. Modern day Kurt Russell. He was a Disney kid. I mean, I guess was, the last yeah. words on Walt Disney. He was. Walt Disney was a lot like my grandfather. And I really respected my grandfather. The kid that played Ned, the Hawaiian kid. In nothing, I would imagine. His name is Jacob Batalon. They said that he lost 100 pounds like for the third movie. I didn't see that. He still no, looked he, looked, he looked thinner. They dress him in those big Hawaiian shirts. It's like, you know, yeah, don't fucking notice really it. Tell. You know, yeah. like, yeah. John Favreau has also been in all these movies. As Happy. Happy Hogan. Butler, what is he? Helper? He's the head of security. Okay. He's his bodyguard initially and eventually through the Iron Man movies becomes I could head go of through all the movies that John Favreau has both directed... And acted in. I could. I have them written down. They're right in front of me. Great. But instead, I don't want to. Sure, don't. What's your favorite John Favreau movie, Scott? He's quite good in Chef. Okay. I really, I really do like Chef. I just like I. It was one of those movies I hadn't watched for a while, but I sensed I would like. I watched the guy on YouTube binging with Babish. I know he was quite inspired by the movie Chef. I, I enjoyed him, and then I actually started watching the Chef Show on Netflix, where it's John Favreau and he goes with Roy Choi from uh, Kogi Tacos okay. in L.A. The two of them go and they cook with like celebrities. They cook with different kitchens. So I finally watched this movie. I'm like, it's it's a great movie. He's and he's really he's really winning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard not to like John Favreau. I think as an actor. Yeah, I mean, again, he he got the big Disney contract and directed a bunch of Iron Mans. Right, and uh, he also did the Jungle Book and the Lion King. Like he's on the Disney payroll. He's the Godfather of Star Wars at this point now. Yeah, he's, and they, uh, he's done the same voice in like the Clone Wars and the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba. He's all over. He's What's all that voice that, that he's done? He's done like two voices in the Mandalorian. Yeah. He's done two voices already in Boba oh, yeah. Fett. I feel like he's in Solo. He's he's the monkey guy. All right, talk to me. Is it a good day? my grabby friend. I don't know. You've never been to a Minoc roast on Ardinia. It's nuts. I liked his early stuff with uh, Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah. I thought I they made swingers. a great comedic couple. I think that Made, the movie he first directed and was in with Vince Vaughn, is a great underrated movie. I would say directorially, though, Elf was yeah. the one that like he was the turning where people were like, Maybe we can give him something like Iron Man. It recently or, came know. out that he and Will Ferrell didn't get along during that. They had different visions of the movie. It was a whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so we got Marissa Tomei as well. Mm. She's also been in all these. She started off on A Different World, the Cosby Show spinoff. That's right. Right? She did, the very, the, she did the underrated Sylvester Stallone comedy, 
Oscar, which I, Oscar. I didn't hate. Oh, yeah. Before she blew up with the Academy Award win for My Cousin Vinny. Oh. Yes, All she right. suffered the Mona curse Lisa. of a supporting actress. And then she kind of bopped around for a couple of years. The paper, which is pretty strong. Four Rooms. Um, what Women Want. Oh, love that one. Mel Gibson. Oh, Four Rooms. I love Four Rooms. She did a movie called The Bedroom, and it got nominated for an Academy Award for her. In The Bedroom, yes. Yeah, in the bedroom. Then a bunch of years went by, and she was in The Wrestler. She kind of came oh, back yeah. and was in Wrestler. The Wrestler yeah. with Mickey Rourke. Some great nudity in that film. Yeah. She looks great. Yeah. You Is ever she seen... nude in The Wrestler? Oh, God. She's a stripper. Oh, my God. What a fucking nightmare. These are the more minor characters, the classmates. All right? Sure. You got... And Jory Rice, who plays Betty Brant, okay. a classic Spider-Man character. She's like an Australian actress. She's oh. in The Nice She's Guys. She's been like six or seven Australian movies, plus The Nice Guys, and that's wow. that's basically it. Then you've got Martin Starr, who played the, uh, the academic decathlon coach. This is his second time in the MCU. Martin Starr, this character appears in The Incredible, Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Oh, what? When uh, Ed Norton goes to like a computer lab at the college, there's a student who is up late in the computer lab eating pizza, and it's Martin Starr. But it, it's pretty much confirmed that's no, the same character. It's confirmed, wow. but what's it's confirmed he's what, the same but character. But it's, it's a retconned in. Of course. Because like, he was originally like, in the credits, he's like, nerdy kid or whatever. This is like we talked about in uh, Iron Man, where like the, they've retconned now that the little kid wearing the Iron Man mask that Tony saves in like Iron Man 3 right. is Spider-Man. But Martin Starr has been in all, he's part of that Freaks and Geeks gang, so he's been in a lot of those movies, whether mm -hmm. it be Knocked Up or Super Bad or This Is The End. Comedic improviser. Yeah. Like, does a lot of. That kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. And then the final one is the guy who played uh, Flash. Tony R Rivioli or something like that? Tony Ravioli. Yeah, basically that's what I was like, but it's like Rivioli. Yeah. Right? It's close enough. Rivalori. We Rivalori. 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 We know Rivalori. him from the Grand Budapest Hotel. He yeah, plays yeah. Zero oh, in yeah, it. Great film. But when he got this role, he got a ton of hate mail because people expected to see, I don't know, like a white Flash. Uh, right. Uh, like an athlete. But I love I mean, I but love to care flash. that much about it, like, you Be sent it some hate mail because Flash didn't live up to your expectations. Flash? Who yeah. the fuck? Because he's meant to be, he's like your typical bully. So you expect like jock, like head of the football team. And they went the other way with it yeah. where he's a jerky fucking rich kid. Because the thing Snarky is- Snarky dick. Because the thing is, it doesn't make sense. If you're all going to a technical science high school, there's not gonna be a jock. And that makes much more sense, especially for now, for like an update of Spider-Man. Makes much more sense. He's the spoiled rich kid. And of course, we always get the little notes of his sob story and no one cares because right. he's such a- Rick. All right. Calm down, Scott. <sighs> Sorry, I'll get in. I'll get All right. Down. That's the information, guys. All right. I think it's time now for us to get down to our breakdowns, our funny little notes on each of these films. You ready? I am ready. All right. So we've got Spider-Man Homecoming. How do you think your buddy Stark paid for that tower? Or any of his little toys? Those people, Pete, those people up there, the rich and the powerful, they do whatever they want. Guys like us, like you and me, they don't care about us. We build their roads and we fight all their wars and everything. They don't care about us. We have to pick up after them. We have to eat their table scraps. That's how it is. It begins the plot construct that we see in all these movies where everything is kind of based on something stupid, like a mistake that Peter Parker has made. In this right. case, Michael Keaton's just a guy that like 
found stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he just grabbed something and he's like, shit, I can, if I find yeah. more stuff, I can. Well, they took his contract, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like he was like, I'm contracted by the city and they're like, not any fucking more. And they're like, where's my money though? Like, you he's know, so like, great. Is anyone as great as Michael Keaton though? He's so good. He came back in a big way with the Birdman movie. Yeah. We, we heard from him every couple of years with an okay movie after say, um, the Batman's. My life after that. Multiplicity. Like, multiplicity. Multiplicity was kind of big. Which I enjoyed. I really you know, like I still really like but it. But he also had Jack Frost, too, too, which is just... It's you know, not good. It's, it's not. not it's, <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. I went to see it. Like, I was a Michael Keaton fan, man, because of Batman. Like, I went to see that in theaters. I went to see White Noise in theaters, and yeah. I was sorely disappointed. <laughs> Both times. Those are desperate measures. Yeah. Right in that. He's really so that's Andy a funny Garcia? movie. He's way over the top in that movie. It's He's yeah. crazy. Large. He's real large. It's yeah. really He's heavy the villain dude in that, right? Yeah. 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 The most brilliant villain in history. He's got a an IQ of six hundred and fifty. <laughs> he knows what you're thinking. It's I mean they they glorify thinking, they glorify yeah. him and make him out to be like an evil genius in such a heavy handed way. It's like we get it, Matt. He's smarter than me. <laughs> All Calm right. down. I mean, but he is a trilogy superstar, having done a voice in the Cars trilogy. Oh, wow, that's a backdoor if I ever heard one. Right at the beginning, he has one, but he has a couple times he does the. Uh, You're gonna the say lead, what I'm about to say because there's the, the thing in that you know he's gonna punch somebody. Scott, yeah, yeah, I can't believe yeah. you just said those words. Yeah, I'm that. not the only person that noticed he does <laughs> that in every. What'd movie? you say? This. No, you're right. You're, you're right. right. You're right. Boom. Boom. A punch. He does it like three times. I can't so believe no, you know yeah. that. Is yeah, that yeah. a known thing about Michael Keaton? Are no, we the only I, ones? I, no, I've I'm, always he, noticed it. He, he does it twice in this movie. Right, Mr. Mom. Him. Fucking the dream team. It's, yep. a, it's, a, it's a gimmick that he does in every movie. <laughs> Maybe next time don't overextend yourself. What'd you say? Yeah. He's right. I overextended myself. I just want to say also at the top of this, uh, they get their stuff taken from the DODC, the Department of Damage Control, right. uh, which has a comic book equivalent, which essentially those comic stories were just about a department that cleaned up after huge superhero fights. Oh, really? That's a yeah. real organization? Okay. Yeah, and there was a series of comics about that and about those that organization. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And they tie in this one that it's a combo between the federal government and Tony Stark, which again, at the beginning of this, he's, he's fighting villains who hate Tony Stark. He's not fighting yeah. villains who hate Spider-Man because Spider-Man right. is nobody. So he's fighting like offshoot villains because of Tony Stark. Yeah. But, which is also funny because how many have we had of those already? Quite not only the, the the three in his movies, we have the two in the, these first two movies, and then like I think <laughs> Ultron he created. Yeah, like it's all connected to Tony Stark. It's all connected to Iron all Man. Yeah. lead to Tony. And I have successfully privatized world peace. They do a good job in this movie of weaving in the little bits from the Avengers world, and frankly, I think that all of the Marvel trilogies do that pretty well. So like they mention in passing in the in the classroom, the Sokovia Accords, and then yeah. you have those little um, Captain America bits. I love those. In the gym. And it's then like at the, the, end. the presidential challenge. Presidential when you're in gym fi physical fitness award yeah, or whatever, yeah. yeah. And you got fucking Hannibal Buress as the uh, the gym coach. Right. Who's only, he's only in the first and the last one, right? Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, very funny. Especially he's standing on the wrong side of that video too, and he's like, "Me and your gym coach over here points to the wrong side." I'm like everything about this movie has <laughs> like, like tiny little jokes everywhere. The way he like, accuses Spider-Man of murder in the third movie too. <laughs> you know what you did? It's great, <laughs> yeah. and that's totally Hannibal Burris. We we know like he uncovered the whole Cosby scandal. Right, right. So the fact that they had him be the one that doesn't believe is perfect. <laughs> yeah. That has to be a reference to that. Yeah, it, it has, has to be, be like yeah. an in joke. We you know get what you it. did. I can talk down to you because I had a successful second. Yeah, it was great women, Bill Cosby, so... Stan Lee shows up as the, the cranky neighbor. 
Yeah. Five seconds from death. How's your mother? Yeah, he's just <laughs> clinging to life. Don't put me in the whole movie. Just my head <laughs> in the window. I, I really thought... <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you were going, don't put, put me, me in a home. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't put me in a home. And it was very I'm sad. I'm not used to this. At the end of his life, some company had like taken over his likeness rights or something. Like he had... It was an elder abuse issue at the end of his... Uh, Life just to, just to bring it down. Thanks, Phil. Make sure you take your pill today too, okay? I thought I already did. Nope, and you missed yesterday too, so just take a couple of extra. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go, Grimes. Let's go. Wait, you're not gonna just leave him like that, are you? He'll be fine. I don't know, man. That just doesn't seem right. I just wanted to drop that in the suburbs, we did get another Ferris Bueller reference. Yeah, we did. I saw that too. Much like the Transporter trilogy, we yep. mentioned there was a Ferris Bueller reference there. And then they, of course, to hammer at home, he's running by, a, there's somebody's watching Ferris Bueller yeah. as he's running by. And I'm like, All right. well, we already knew, but okay, yeah. And yeah. you're, of course, referencing the idea of cutting through the house and. Right. Which goes into what you were saying, Phil, about them all sitting around watching John Hughes films. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a good influence to follow. Yeah. Work for one generation. Yeah. It'll work for this one. For sure. So Spider-Man's got to toughen up. He interrogates Donald Glover, who was trying to buy guns from the Michael Keaton gang. Yes. Remember? Mm -hmm. Donald Glover. Oh, I remember. Pretty big celebrity, famous for community and childish Gambino. Also, Lion King. Uh, the, the internet campaign to make him Spider-Man. He's a pretty big deal. I remember, yeah, I remember that. But I like how he's like called them out on not being good at interrogating. Yeah, and he's like, "Man, I got ice cream in the car." And that interrogation voice is a, is a Batman joke. It has to be right. Like yeah. that, I'm interrogating you, and like that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. like, like we get a little hint that his his nephew Miles, yes, uh, is in the neighborhood and doesn't like you know all that danger. And Miles Morales becomes Spider Man, but Aaron Davis is becomes his, his the own. Prowler. Yes, as we see in uh, Into the Spider Verse. Well, I haven't your voice. What do you mean, what happened to my voice? I heard you by the bridge. I know what a girl sound like. I'm not a girl. I'm a boy. I mean, I'm a, I'm a man. I don't care what she was. Boy, girl. I'm not a girl. I'm a man. That fairy scene. Yet again, another scene of Spider-Man in mass transit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> being pulled in two different directions, holding things together to save the lives of yeah. but they people in mass transit. But they a gross close-up of his face. Yeah, we don't get that vile, <laughs> that vile yeah, that, Tobey Maguire. That diarrhea face. Yeah, makes. we yeah, don't get yeah. that. Yeah. Which was really the villain the entire <laughs> Diarrhea was the villain all along. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Diarrhea should be the villain of every movie all along. Spider-Man colon Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Far from home, and I have Diarrhea. <laughs> when you're sliding in the first and you're feeling something worse, Diarrhea. Diarrhea. <laughs> when you're sliding in the third and well, you just a turd, Diarrhea. <laughs> I think they did a lot of like cute little crossover things with this. One of the things is the principal is Principal Marita. He is the great grandson of Jim Marita of the Howling Commandos who fought with Captain America oh, damn. in the 40s. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And even in that scene where he's in there, you can see on the background, there's a picture of his grand his great grandfather oh, really? with the Howling Commandos. And he plays both of them. The actor plays his great grandfather. That's interesting. He plays really himself. Cool. He's, he was in Captain America and he plays the principal in this. The character I play is named Jim Marita. He's a trained army ranger. He's a communications specialist. He's the radio man. Ned has this thing of the guy in the chair, right? Yeah. And then we talked a little bit about this with Unbreakable. Um, but while he's doing this scene, you know, he's in the, what, the computer lab. They're like, what are you doing in here? Catching him during the prom. And he's like, I'm 
looking at porn. (laughs) That was the best thing. You could have been like, I'm playing Minecraft. I'm playing, you know, like there's a million things you could be doing on the computer these days. You know, like you could have made up anything. It's a pornography store. I was buying pornography. So Spidey drops a uh, flaming engine on New York. Um, I feel like there were multiple flaming engines. the plane into Coney Island. Yeah. Friendly neighborhoods. (laughs) (laughs) It's got multiple engines fall. Like four of the engines (laughs) fall out. I know. (laughs) He's dropping flaming (laughs) engines on the entire city. Like, Spider-Man has to save everyone, right? Like, we even see that in this first movie, and of course that plays in throughout the entire trilogy. Spider-Man has to save everyone. Right. There's no such thing as collateral damage to Spider-Man. And it's almost like, it's almost a sickness. Of his this need to do good. He never leaves any collateral damage behind. Anything he fucks up, he shoots a web at from behind. If anyone's falling, he catches them in a web. He's, yeah. he's like undoing his damage as he goes, and the web is a convenient way to do that. Uh, a couple of just wrap-up points about this movie. Uh, MCU-wise, this is the first time that we've seen Pepper and Tony have worked things out. Yes. MCU-wise, nice. and he even insinuates they're going, he's pulling the ring, and that's the new announcement, right? Is they're going to get they're going to get married. That's right. That's a little so gimmick just a end. little MCU where we're Okay. Right now, okay. I think the next time we see is Infinity War, and they're having that conversation where he had the dream about having kids, having Morgan, the baby. And okay. Yeah. So like this starts. This is the beginning of the end. And again, it's another Tony example yeah. of the great way they pepper in references to the greater pepper. pepper. In. <laughs> Didn't even do that on purpose. Instinct. Spider-Man: Far From Home. Tony Stark is gone. There is a window of opportunity, and someone will step up. But these days, you can be the smartest guy in the room, the most qualified, and no one cares. Unless you're flying around with a cape or shooting lasers from your hands, no one will even listen. Not a bad follow-up at all. I I appreciate how MJ comes into her own in this movie. She's not useless. No. That's the thing. Mary Jane, fucking useless in the in the in the Raimi trilogy. I feel like M- MJ, you know her as a person because they spend some time playing that will they won't they. Yeah. And so you're rooting for her and you're rooting for him. <laughs> This movie really deftly handles the blip and it lightens it in such a way like in reality it's horrible your loved ones disappear for five years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But they really put a light touch on it, <laughs> yeah. especially in those school scenes which make it very palatable. You the know. Whitney Houston going. Yeah. Great the fucking Getty stock images of candles. I was dying yeah. It was great. That. Yeah. It was great. Gone, but not forgotten. Thanks to Kenneth Lim and Vihan Remmermurthy for their help with that touching video tribute. This year has been nothing short of... It is crazy. It's like insane. Jason. What? No swearing. Yeah, it's like the last day of school. We're good. Historic. What's interesting is that first movie, we have someone who's so eager, so eager to do it, and I'm going to get right into it, and he matures a little bit and goes, okay, maybe I'm not ready. And then the next thing, he's like thrust into space, yeah. and he's snapped, and he disappears for five years, comes back, has to deal with all of that, and now he's not so sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, after all of that, like I feel like he's like, I, I just want to like have like one summer. Is that cool? Like can I have one summer and then I'll go back to like the craziness that has yeah. become my life? Like, he's basically pleading with Fury through the whole movie. He's like, please let me yeah. just go on my trip. But it's like, he's completely the opposite of the first movie now. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. it's like slow everything down. He has so much unprocessed trauma and he can't even stop to take a moment because the world needs him. Right. It's just spinning more and more out of control and all he wants to do is just play kissy faces with his, uh, his, his crush. I, and again, kind of similar to Iron Man's journey right Iron Man 3 he was fucked up from Battle New York and had post-traumatic stress and shit my diagnosis is that you've experienced a severe anxiety attack 
Me? We also get Jake Gyllenhaal as the villain in this film. Mysterio. Yes, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal almost replaced Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 2. Indeed, we talked about that. Yes, it was very close because of the uh, Seabiscuit. Yeah, sea biscuit back. Seabiscuit back. It's a condition that I'm telling everyone about. I've read and written it in journals. Seabiscuit <laughs> back. And J.B. Smoove comes in as a teacher. He's yes. in for the next couple of movies. Yeah. And he's a trilogy superstar. He was in the Barbershop trilogy. That's right. Oh. Very funny on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, very funny. But uh, I feel like whenever I see him any anywhere on movie, TV, he, I, he doesn't enunciate the right way. Like, I can never really understand what no. he's saying. He just has a tendency to swallow words by saying them in a fast way. And it's like, just rewind this. I, I, I gotta see it again. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I don't understand I'm you. I'm putting the captions in. Bring the fucking ruckus to that ass, Larry. Oh, oh, why? You, I suppose you think you could have gotten a response? You're goddamn right, Larry. Bullshit. I would have had an ass tap dancing, Larry. I don't fuck around. Give me her goddamn number. I go over there and twist that ass up, Larry. I'm not giving I'll you a number. i that bitch like Beckham, uh, goddamn it. I have ass like a goddamn presser. You should have broke that ass in two pieces. I do like they're they're flying over and on the flight he's going through all the in-flight entertainment and it's all related to the Avengers. It's yeah, all related yeah. to what's happening. And I'm like, he's basically watching Disney+. Plus. But I mean, this movie really continues to display the light touch, which is the hallmark of all three of these films. Not even Fury is being taken seriously. People are hanging up on him. There's jokes. Like, he's dead-ass serious in the Avengers. We're talking about the end of the world as we know it. And in this one, he's kind of a comedic foil in a way and you know what they make a star wars joke in front of samuel l jackson or he makes a star wars joke i'm not sure so am i to believe that in the in the marvel universe samuel l jackson has not starred in a star wars movie so are you trying to tell me you think nick fury and like mace windu look alike you racist <laughs> they're two completely different people i don't think i'm making a good and point that's nick fury <laughs> I'm not expressing myself. Well, you guys got one I eye. think you were doing fine. I just, right. I made, I made, I just made light of your point. I just have an observation about Samuel L. Jackson. It sounds a lot of the time to me, and I like Samuel L. Jackson, like the way he delivers the line, he's delivered those same words before in a different movie with the same tone of voice. Like at some point he says, are we boring you? And I was like, that's from another movie. Yeah. I've heard that somewhere else. I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's the same yeah, like, tone. Yes, like yeah. that's just the way it's a Samuel well, L. Jackson kind of, you know, now huh. that's some bullshit. Like I've heard him say that in another movie because he's like way. he's too meta now like he's too right. much in like even when they did the fake out in winter soldier that he was dead they went to his grave and it had ezekiel whatever like right. yeah <laughs> from from pulp fiction like that's right you fucking he was in star wars and they wrote bad motherfucker on the handle like he is he's, beyond he's like yeah he himself is an amalgam of all of his parts right. and he's samuel l jackson yeah. that's what it is we've accepted he's gonna be the same in every single part right. they're just gonna dress him differently i'm like Man, i don't care yeah <laughs> like i don't give a shit his appearance definitely feels like the ninth one. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah it feels like, like tra- all right you got me out of bed i put yeah. an iPad. Then, <laughs> yeah <laughs> always fit yeah. Whenever anyone goes to see him, they're upset they have to go. I'm tired go of him. these motherfucking elements <laughs> yeah. from this motherfucking other universe. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? What high school goes to Europe? I don't know. This high school's got a lot of fucking I just money. want to throw that out there. I wrote that down like halfway through the movie. I was like, wait. Well, it's a technical high school. Yeah, what for, science are they learning? I went to a private school. I They know one offered me to go to fucking Europe. I went to a public school. My brother went to Europe. Yeah, yeah. It was fucked up. <laughs> How much did you pay for I think your, your whole comment is just you being upset you never went to I'm Europe. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> I mean, there were some European I'm trips. mad as hell, and I want to go to Europe. Who's taking me? Who's taking Scott to Europe? Come on. Any takers? Phil, 
Will take me to Europe. Much like Europe. There's a there's <laughs> dial a, now. There's a handsy man in my basement. <laughs> if you'd like to take me to Europe, text one to one zero two. But if you want to take Phil to Europe, text two. <laughs> or hang up. <laughs> what, you're gone already? <laughs> well, I would like. I would like. I would like a trip to Europe. I do like uh, you have the glasses, Edith. But if you'll notice, he Tony's wearing them at the beginning of Infinity War. That's right. Those are the glasses when he introduces the nano suit and everything. Ah, he's wearing those glasses at a time. The little blue framed whatever. It's like this film's version of the talking suit in the first one. Like he's got a friend with him. Right. Like, right. Right. You know, another. Conscience. Another. Yeah. Little. Little guidance. Yeah. He's got a little. Exactly. He's got a little guardian angel. Same little him. vibe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do love that it's Edith. That it's even in death. I'm the hero. Yeah. It's awesome. Like, you khaki son of a bitch. I love that. Peter Billingsley is in this movie. Yes, because he's Christmas also story. in the first Iron Man. Yeah. He's the scientist that's being yelled at by Jeff Bridges. Tony Stark made it in a cave. But what's hilarious is he doesn't look like that. He is not bald. He is not bald at all because apparently he's just a producer of the movies. Yeah, he yeah. produced Elf. He produced a bunch of John Favreau movies as well. Of oh, course, really? we all know yeah. that Peter Billingsley played Ralphie in the Christmas and he's story. And going to play Ralphie in, an, in a modern or 70s Stop. Christmas no story. No one needs that no. at all. They're doing it. Stop. They're doing it, Peter Billingsley. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Only I didn't say fudge. Peter lands in the Netherlands. Oh, the Netherlands. The friendly people of the Netherlands. They're like, you all speak really good English. Like, welcome to the Netherlands. I'm like, that's 100% true. When you're like, <laughs> if you go to Amsterdam, like, it's funny though. Well, they're like, oh, Dersen, how's your Dersen? And you're like, what? And they're like, hi, hello, how are you? And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, English, right. Yeah, yeah. But like, they sound, when they speak Dutch, for some reason to me, they sound like Americans speaking gibberish. Like, just, <laughs> it's like playing The Sims. <laughs> When uh, Happy picks him up in the plane, uh, where he's like, you have to prove that you're you because like, I don't know anything anymore because I've been through all these fucking illusions. And he's like, all right, you remember that time we were in Berlin and you ordered that pay-per-view movie and you couldn't tell from the billing, but I could tell that it was porn. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. And, like, yeah. and I, like, I th thought it was hilarious. I'm like, that might be the most relatable Spider-Man trait that we've heard. Is that, like he rented, he's a teenage kid. He rented a fucking pay-per-view yeah. porno in the hotel. He had, he had the chance and went, mm, okay. <laughs> They got a really great Tower of London location that they use when the big fight's going on at the end. Yeah. I've been in, into the Tower of London, but yeah. you don't have access to those things. They're all behind glass. You can't pick up a, a, a mace and a just halberd. start wielding it. It doesn't work that <laughs> yeah. way. Meanwhile, she's holding... She, at first, the mace is too heavy, and then she's just wielding it like a weapon. Like, a mace is like 100 pounds. Yeah. Like, they're, weird. like, ridiculously heavy. Yeah. He looks pretty badass coming with the, the shield he rips off, like, the sign he rips off, yeah. and the thing yeah. coming out. Like, mm, it's pretty cool looking. Evacuate the city. Engage all defenses and give this man a shield. We go into another cool, uh, like, 
Mysterio illusion. Like who's directing and writing these illusions? I guess Mysterio. How can he do it just on the spot? But like, but I'm saying the, the entire plot of the movie was they were planning to get those glasses from Peter. Yeah. Right. So they know everything about Peter. Like they've researched the shit out of him. So like they know every detail they've had. They probably had access to Tony Stark's computers because yeah. they were former employees. Right. Yep. So like they were able to do all this. And like as a kid, that would just absolutely fuck with your head. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like even though you've been to space, it's still going <laughs> to fuck with your head. Like, but you got, you know, they got the cute moment on the bridge. Yeah. He gives her the necklace, the uh, right. black dahlia, the floronero. So, you know, you have that re- connection. You have that yeah. relationship. I like now. you. It's locked Thing where he's like, oh, it broke. She's like, oh, I like it better. I'm like, because Mary Jane likes things better broken, and yeah. Peter is broken. Oh, he's very not, good. Yeah, he's not. He's not. I hadn't even thought he's of that. That's good. Complete. That's good. You know, you complete me. Overall, this wasn't a bad film at all. It was a pretty good film. It had sure. the feel of a National Lampoon European Vacation while having the <laughs> quality. <laughs> you know, I, I, better, I, I did have that thought movie. several, like, especially the, there's the one where, like, he's meeting that random Polish woman and the agent or whatever, and yeah, she's like, yeah. take off your clothes, and he, she gets, he gets caught by the other guy, and I was like, this seems very, like... That was reminiscent to you, the scene when Rusty and the beer hall girl right, go and do yeah, the thing, yeah. and she takes off her blouse and shows from her, her tits, and he's like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. And he gets like pulled away because Clark's getting like his I ass was like, kicked oh, by those the Germans. Boobs look pretty good. This yeah. is a comedy. Yeah. My mom's letting me watch, and I get to see some boobs here. That's awesome. Yeah. Back when boobs were boobs and men were men. <laughs> Back when boobs were boobs and men liked boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and she showed me her boobies, and I liked them too. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got onto. Oh, Oops. I do want to mention one thing. Good. Uh, in his last scene, of course, every Spider movie has to end with Spider Man swinging around and being cool through, because yeah. why not? Yeah. Um, and he takes Mary Jane for a ride. Right. But uh, right before it, he flies through that building that has the little courtyard in the middle of it in New York. You know yeah. the one I'm talking about? Yes. And as he does it every time, I'm like, oh, I've done this in the PS4 Spider Man game. Like, it was just <laughs> the weirdest feeling to be like, I've, I've actually done this. Like, I've catered in that building. And oh, you right. know who also is in that building? Kingpin. That's where they shoot the Kingpin scene. In, no in the Netflix uh, shows. Yeah, that's that's King. That's like the outside of King. And he office. flies right through right it. Right by it. And he's he's about to get his ass rocked by Kingpin. Whoa. I don't know. I feel like it was reminiscent of Superman flying around Lois, which was a yeah. big part of their relationship. Him yeah. showing yeah, yeah. that he's a superhero by doing his power yeah. with her but in his never, hands. Because he can fly, you never get to see the, the buildings with him. You know, it's always, no. he's like, he's like, yeah, let's just go yeah, 10,000 feet. At the same feet. time, let's get, let's get above If everything. you're shooting We're webs, good. that's a jerky flight. It's not like a smooth fly. Sure, no. She's getting jerked from left to right. I mean, come on. Hopefully he is too. Oh! <laughs> Thick ropes. Which takes us to Spider-Man No Way Home. I've watched you from deep behind Norman's cowardly eyes, struggling to have everything you want while the world tries to make you choose. Gods don't have to choose. We take... I never thought I could love a third Spider-Man movie the way I love <sighs> No Way Home. I gotta say, it's one of the best trilogies ever made. Yeah. yeah. So far, I mean, really. Especially the way it ties into giving an extra little coda to yeah. these other characters from another trilogy. And possibly now they're talking, maybe bringing Andrew Garfield back for Amazing Spider-Man 3 because yeah, Sony loves money. Yeah. And the fans want it. I say, fuck it. Let's do it. Why right? not? I'm ready for another one. Trilogy of trilogies. Why not? Yeah. In no other Spider-Man movie has there been a perfect dis- distillation 
revelation of who Spider-Man is. When they introduced Spider-Man in that Captain America movie, Civil War was a huge movie with a lot of characters, but somehow still kind of kept the thing that it was a Captain America movie, right? right. This was sort Without of his doubt. story. It was his struggle. And in that turn, they've done a great job with bringing all these characters back, bringing two other Spider-Men, being able to deal with all of their issues to some degree and give them like the respect that they had in those movies. And still Tom Holland's story. Yeah. It's still our Spider-Man story. I can't believe they got away with a movie like this. I'm not kidding, man. These are the Spider-Man movies I've been waiting my whole life for. Yeah. It's so nice to be satisfied. Yeah. You know what I mean? To see something you love go to big screen or be redone or and a million times, you know, you're always disappointed with this and that, or eh, that wasn't so good, blah, blah, blah. Right. The Dark Knight trilogy. I love the Dark Knight movies. I don't really like the Dark Knight Rises. I don't I, like the last uh, one. It falls I off at it. the end. Yeah. And most trilogies do. Let's not stand on ceremony here. The Department of Damage Control comes back. Yes. They return from the first movie. As always, asses. in the third movie, they usually bring something back from the first movie. Yep. Um, in addition to the survived my trip to New York t-shirt that he wears, which is also in the first movie. He's wearing the I Survived New York shirt, but you notice it's a little bit snugger on him. (laughs) Yeah. Because our boy is grown up. They have this common thing that we see in so many of these superhero (laughs) movies where the public is like against the superhero. I mean, this day and age, people love to hate on people, right? I guess they do. They love to hate a villain. But we see this in every superhero movie, really. The public immediately forgets all the life-saving crime-busting they've done up until some misunderstanding happens. And then it's like, we hate Spider-Man slash Batman slash Superman. Well, you're being shown supposedly proof that he murdered Mysterio and to them, Mysterio was a hero, too. There you have it, folks. Conclusive proof that Spider-Man was responsible for the brutal murder of Mysterio, an interdimensional warrior who gave his life to protect our planet and who will no doubt go down in history as the greatest superhero of all time. Spider-Man, or Peter Parker, and Marissa Tomei get arrested, and she's like asserting her rights all forcefully. And I'm like, that's Mona Lisa Vito you're talking there. Oh, hell yeah. She knows her rights. Yeah. She knows what a Buick Skylark. <laughs> I mean, uh, who do you right. think you're She knows with? about the pause attraction. And and then, yeah, they get a little help from their legal aid. Matt fucking Murdoch. Daredevil. A movie that has all these huge things, right? Like, they've kept all these secrets, and who's going to be in this movie? Who's gonna... And you start us off in the first 15 minutes. Hey, the Matt Matt Murdock, you know from the Netflix show, is the Matt Murdock in the MCU. All right. He's Daredevil. Amazing. But I was glad it wasn't the main plot. Right. right? Like, it was something like, all right, I'm here, confirmed, but don't worry, I'll show up later. Yeah. But I am looking forward to maybe in the next trilogy getting a street-level, like, Spider-Man movie where, like, he's got to fight Kingpin, he teams up with Daredevil. I mean, this is what I've been dreaming of, is, like, a New York story where, like, there are two New York heroes going against a New York bad guy. How did you just do that? I'm a really good lawyer. Poor Happy's wearing a sleep apnea mask, and you'd think that Iron Man would use his advanced (laughs) technology to somehow cure that sleep apnea. He He can travel through time. (laughs) I mean, seriously, help out Happy. What is this about? (laughs) (laughs) And meanwhile, Peter Parker is terrified because he won't get into MIT. As we talked about in the last episode, James Franco has proven that anyone can really get into those schools if they're a celebrity. (laughs) Yes, I mean, true. The, the standard isn't yeah, that high. True. So there's the whole thing that they, they can't go to MIT because they might be. And I understand it's because they were actually there in London with uh, Spider-Man. So like it seems like they were like involved. 
Right. But fucking Flash wrote a whole book about how his best friends and he got accepted into MIT. He did say, why don't you just tell them to reconsider? Which is probably what he did. Right. And then they did because he's Flash and his father probably gave him a wing or something and... A wing, a wing in the in the in the college oh. on the campus. <laughs> gave him a wing. Gave I was him a like, vulture. does Flash become some hero? I don't know. As one wing, he has <laughs> one wing. He's a horrible hero. His father gave him a wing. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of wings, Doctor Strange shows up and he's got a haircut like Polly Walnuts with the white streaks <laughs> yeah, on the yeah, side. It's getting grayer. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's a from using his powers. But that's what this is, you know, satanic black magic, sick shit. Scott, you saw this in the crowded theater, right? Yeah, so I can only imagine Scott that when Doc Ock comes over that bridge and they and he's seen for the first time, the audience must go. Every moment you would guess that people lost their mind. Yeah, I mean Doc Ock even says his line that we make fun of. He brings it back. It spoofs it almost. I love that because he he almost realized when he looks at the arc reactor that Stark created. He's like the power of the sun and the palm of my hand. Like that was the whole thing. But it's a great scene when they kind of come to the the realization that the moment they died, they appeared there. Yeah. So it's like the last thing I remembered, I was getting crushed on the, the right. last thing I remembered. Hang like, on a minute. Yeah. Now we're here. Like it's a really cool scene. And Melina just handles it so well. He's just yeah. so expressive and real about it, staying true to the character. Yeah. I also you're love not that he, Peter Parker. When he grabs him and he goes to so he's gonna and he gets the nanobots yeah, on him and he, he like absorbs suit goes it into him and, and he's like, oh, and immediately recognized nanotechnology. Because if you remember, he mentions that in the second movie that he that that he's been researching right, nanotechnology. Right. right. So this is this is this is fucking Doc Ock from twenty years ago being like, holy shit, someone figured it out. Like, I love the doctor sciency relationshipy quality that is Doc Ock. But the way yeah. that he re- references Norman and talks to Norman because they are both fellow scientists. Octavius, Osborne, what what happened to you? What happened to? You're the walking corpse. What do you mean? You died, Norman, years ago. You're insane. Uh, Norman Osborn smashing that stupid fucking helmet yes! and yes! storming out with the same framing as Spider-Man No More. Yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's that bullshit no more. I yeah. wrote down, oh, we God. got our wish. We all yes. complained about yes. it so much about him wearing the mask. And it's almost like the movie is responding to the criticism that came about right. during the Raimi yeah. Spider-Man. Now we have our Green Goblin. Holy shit, Willem Dafoe is 400 times better. This movie just really restates how good the Raimi casting was. Yeah. The Raimi casting was really good. And the casting was good, the movies were just unrealized in a lot of ways. It feels like a real comic book when you have all these villains like behind the glass and you get the shot of like all of them that pans around and it's like every villain. Yeah. Classic team up, man. Yeah. yeah, Love it. All behind the glass and they're all, you know. Somehow Electro is cool. I'm not fond of Jamie Foxx. The way he delivers his yeah. lines as a villain is really a sh- strangely breathy, and he's like the power. I don't, I don't. He doesn't. I, want that power. I think it's maybe just because Melina is so strong, and yeah. you know the Green Goblin is this so is, much I more mean, real. He's definitely a smaller character, right? Like, so he's definitely playing more of a caricature. Yeah. Sandman's playing nothing. Lizards nothing. And the Lizard Man and just Electro a, a is the in between, who's sort right. of like I'm not. Right. I'm not a fully yeah. right, fully realized character. Uh, you wouldn't happen to be from another universe, would you? I think we already talked about how great the scene on the rooftop was. I don't need to get into that again, where but we the meet the Spider-Man all for the first time, and we get the quote with, you know, great power comes great responsibility. First you know, we, from May, in her dying words. Dying words, May dies. When I realized what was happening when Aunt May was dying, and I was like, oh my God, they're doing it, and this is, we're going to get great power, great responsibility. Holy shit. No. Yeah. 
And like, it was like, you like panic attack as it was happening, basically. Yeah. Like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. To watch Aunt May cover it up. She knows she's dying. Yeah. She knows she's dead. She's like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm okay. Are you okay? It, it rivals even fucking Peter yeah. being gone in because Infinity War. The, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to yeah. go. Like, yeah. And also, she's the one who told him he can't let these people die. Right. Like she poses the challenge to him that she's he has his, to. She's his morality. Yeah. yeah. This moment has to come for Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? We can't skip it. You have a gift. You have power. And with great power... There must also come great responsibility. We get so many good repeated lines. Like, not only great power comes great responsibility, of course, it's a classic, but we have Norman Osborne say, I'm something of a scientist myself, and I <laughs> yeah. wanted to, like, do a backflip. I was so excited to yeah. hear him say that. And again, like, we talked the power of the sun and the palm of my head. Yeah. All these things come back. I was saying, fucking yeah. Toby, that trying to do better. Like, I loved yeah. all these little echoes of that and it was like but it just all fit into yeah. they were all like well plucked lines and i'm like they all fit for either the character that was coming in or for even our spider-man doesn't really? ever feel contrived can the spider-man come out to play <laughs> when they put their masks on and they jump off the thing and they're all like like that yeah was that was it was so good. Everyone yeah. ejaculated what? in the theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every Seriously. comic book I kid. came inside myself. Yeah. Last week, I saw a film. And I jizzed in my pants. I jizzed in my pants. And I jizzed in my pants. I went jizzed okay. in my pants. Seriously, you guys, can we... When it's not working out, the plan's not working, the way they've divvied the, you know, work is not happening. To have Tom Holland come back, here's something I've done that you guys have not fucking done. Teamwork, man. Like, I was like, oh, there you go. Bring it right back right. to Tom Holland. Like, it's about his experience. The Avengers, experience. the Avengers experience. It's this great. is his story. You're here to help him, yeah. not the other way around. Part of a team. Teamwork. I get nowhere... Unless the team wins. Team. At the end, when they save Peter from going too far, and it, and it comes down to like them saying, like, it's what we do, huh, take your breath away. You're getting like literally like these Star Wars ish themes of him falling to the dark side. The fact that we do get that redemption at the end, both from Doc Ock and from the Green Goblin, is fine. Yeah. It and goes it, along. Those that's the, those are the Raimi ideals and right. the idea of setting up sympathetic villains all the way through. Right. So good. It should be that way. Yeah. yeah. You're following through with the Sony Sony themes there. The Sony yeah. Spider-Man theme. The respect that yeah. they treated all these movies with is like, and you didn't have to. Right. Didn't <laughs> you have know, to. like he didn't have to be respectful about it. Going like that sucked. We're changing it. It blows. Right. But like no, it was like any changes they made was sort of a respectful redoing of the character, and they made it make yeah. sense. It was right. a love letter to Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, it was a thank you, and now we're on to the new new thing. And Here. suddenly everyone has forgotten him entirely. Even happy, right. <laughs> everyone, everyone. So that uh, means I, Doctor Strange doesn't know, obviously, right? It's not like his experiences have changed, so he, it erases everyone's memories, but he only knows Happy because Happy knows him as Spider-Man. So how could he? How could that memory be erased? Like, right. it's it's wonky. The way it they do it is a little bit, bit weird. Because like you'll notice, too, at the end, that end scene with MJ, she's still wearing the necklace. Right. I have it written right here. Right. So like she she still remembers that it has meaning to her, but I don't yeah. remember. she doesn't remember how she 
she got it. They'll remember Spider-Man from Europe, right? Like they'll remember Spider-Man from DC. They just won't remember Peter Parker. He was never their classmate. Right. Spider-Man did all those things. Everyone saw Spider-Man do all those Sp- things. But not Peter Parker. Not Peter Parker. But there is no Peter Parker, really. He was there. He's not they Peter just Parker. Don't remember There's him. another guy named Peter Parker that they know is Peter Parker. Right. He's not Peter Parker. They would have recognized him when he went to the restaurant. Hey, uh, I, I think this is it. I think you're about to go home. Okay. Well, look, I, uh, thank you. I, I just want to, uh, I want you to, I want to tell you that I, I really don't know how to say this. I, Peter, I want you to know that I, you know, it's what we do. Yeah, it's what we do. So, guys, that was the MCU Spider-Man, Spider-Man trilogy. trilogy. Good yeah. stuff. Uh, Phil, why don't you start it off? Tell us uh, the order uh, and whether this is successful or not. <laughs> I put it at uh, three, two, one for me, and uh, mm. I think mm. it's a it's a successful trilogy. It brings him into a new era that will invariably be another trilogy. So I think it does a good job for what it set out to do. Scott, it's an absolutely a successful trilogy. I like I said earlier, it's probably one of the best trilogies I've ever seen. All three movies. Good, like not just okay, probably very good. The third one is a crazy. I almost want to say, uh, I almost want to say your order, Phil, because I'm like, yeah, they just got better and better to me, honestly. But I mean, they, um, they, they, they everybody had more of an awareness of who the character was as they went in. Right. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go straight down the line the same way Phil did. Three, two, one, successful trilogy. I've said enough about what a good trilogy is. Okay. And I'm going to go a little different than you guys. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to go. <laughs> and I'm going to say nothing. I thought, <laughs> I'm, we're done. I, you know, I thought about this kind of long and hard because initially, at first I was like, one is my favorite of the three. Mm. But having seen, I, I saw three in the movies and I found myself thinking about the movie the next day. Yeah. And when a movie does that to you and it impacts you in that way and you're kind of, you yeah. find yourself thinking about it, you have to kind of reassess like yeah, yeah. what was accomplished and what was done. But I still think, despite all that, I think one is about as perfect a superhero movie you can make. So I'm going to go one, three, two. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, definitely successful. I agree with you, Scott. I think this is one of the best trilogies we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, we, we'll get into some pretty deep ones later on, but up until this point in our journey to see every possible trilogy, this is right up there. Yeah. I mean, I we're, mean and we're pretty critical, I like to think. Yeah, so. without a doubt. So, yeah, definitely successful. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you not only for listening to this episode of the Trilogy Podcast, Spider-Man MCU, but this entire Spider-Man block. We've given you a lot of Spider-Man. Both trilogies have been covered, as well as a lot of background information about Spider-Man. So, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we're going to get to something new very soon. My name is Vin. And I'm Scott. And joining us, our field correspondent is... Phil. And, uh, yeah, this is what we do. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, I I try and really match up what we do on Instagram with what we say in each episode. I think it's really funny. I think it's the best thing on Instagram, frankly. Look for us at Trilogy Podcast. If you want to fight me in the comments, uh, you can fight me. I will come for you. And you can always see Phil uh, in the comments on Twitter as well. At yes. Trilogy Podcast. Phil always gets That's involved. Right. Let's his voice be heard on our many polls. We do fun, silly little polls right. for our current I episode. I will fight you there, too. As a kid, I had Spider-Man underoos. I'm wearing Spider-Man underoos right now. Ooh, can I see? Yes. Viz, viz, viz. Oh. Oh, I got it okay. everywhere. You got oh, it everywhere. Thanks, uh, Shashi. Bye.